0: Welcome to today's episode of The Mismatch. Today, we are going to be talking about the Lakers taking a 2-0 lead in the NBA Finals over the Miami Heat. And then we are going to get to all the coaching news and rumors that have happened since we last spoke.
1: It's the Ringer NBA Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app.
0: Welcome to the Ringer NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every, well, this week it's Saturday because we are recording (laughs) late Friday night after finals game number two is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, a.k.a. Kevin O'Candyland, a.k.a. Kevin O'Clinician. We need to hit this. (laughs) This morning, Friday morning, you um, you were the name of the I was. doctor yes that did the tests for uh possible future president joe biden and i have been absolutely stunned over the course of the last couple of months you know we always knew that one of the guys that ran the jazz was named kevin o'connor yes but we have had a politician that supports marijuana yes. in, in Min- your minnesota. home state
2: oh, oh it's, no, no. Oh, it's M- a minnesota? minnesota there's two. Oh. Oh. There's 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 Kevin O'Connor who's a Republican running for Senate in Massachusetts. There's a Kevin <laughs> O'Connor running from the Legal Marijuana Now Party in Minnesota. <laughs> so I am a I am Joe Biden's doctor. I am running for Senate in two states at once. <laughs> I was I used to run the Jazz. That's right. and I also did this podcast with you. <laughs> so
0: until uh, until this uh, until so many people knew who you were. Did you ever realize how common your name was? This has gotten ridiculous. It seems like every week somebody is sending me something about another guy named Kevin O'Connor.
2: It's honestly shocking. It feels <laughs> like I'm in a simulation, to be honest with you. But everything feels like that in the whole past year plus.
0: <laughs> the only time I've ever gotten a Chris Vernon one was, um, was a, there's a general. I think, it's, uh, really? I think it's in England. I think it's an English general. Or I believe that's true, it's right? Like General
2: think, Christopher – oh, yeah. Colonel Christopher Hillary Vernon is a British Army officer. In 2003, is. Colonel Vernon gained international attention as a senior spokesman for British land forces during the 2003 invasion of Iraq. Well, I guess – There you go. You know, we all have Colonel these- Vernon.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we got colonels, doctors, senators, the whole thing. Aren't we impressive? And then uh, and then and then just me. Yeah, very impressive. All right. So please
2: vote for me in uh, Minnesota.
0: We talked. We have not spoken uh, since before this series started, but we were very quickly robbed of what a series could be yeah. um, because of Goran Dragic going down in the first half of game number one. Jimmy Butler twisted his ankle, Bam Adebayo's walking around like he's got one arm. And and then by the time we got to tonight's game, game number two, everybody knew that the Heat were really going to be up against it, against the Los Angeles Lakers. And they were. To that point, uh, I thought that offensively, The Heat played extremely well, but they had absolutely... Look, they did not have the requisite fight on the defensive end, but beyond that, even the moments that they did, even when they got the stop, it is beyond demoralizing to not be able to get the ball, and you could just see that the lack of size and rebounding out of the zone was going to... Was a bridge too far. I mean, they like even when they, even when you work hard, you rotate, you get the miss. If you can't get the ball back, right now, now you're really up against it. And at one point, I believe there was like three minutes left in the third quarter. And forgive me because I can't not, I cannot remember who tweeted it, but I saw it come across the timeline. It said something to the effect of the Heat's offensive rating at that point was like 125, which is a ridiculous number, which is great, except for the Lakers offensive rating at that point was 147. <laughs> I don't know what it ended up for the game for both of these, but the Lakers got great Anthony Davis and the heat, though they did fight in this game. And certainly I thought played very well offensively. They, they, they didn't have enough. And it appears if they don't get those guys, they're they're just not going to have enough.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that was the disappointing about the, the disappointing thing about you know Bam and Goran Dragic being out in this series. They don't have a shot without those two guys. And we, we did see Miami play hard. You know they rotated well on defense. they were communicating. they were passing the ball well on offense. Twenty nine assists to only nine uh, turnovers. You know, kudos to them for that fighting hard in a game where they were down two of their best players with all that said, uh, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron James tonight showed why they're two of the greatest players in the game and Le- LeBron, why he's one of the greatest players ever 80, why he's on trajectory to become that one of those players as well. AD tonight, just too big, too fast, too fluid, too smart, too skilled, regardless of the defense that he was facing from the heat. And LeBron James just masterfully picked apart that heat zone, whether the, Laker, the Lakers put him at the baseline or put him in the middle of the zone around the free throw line. He just shredded that defense. And he had a historic night himself with 33 points, nine assists, and zero turnovers. He's the first guy in NBA Finals history since Magic Johnson, who's had at least 29, 20 points And nine assists with zero turnovers in a finals game. Not just the first. Since then, they're the only two to ever do it. Just LeBron and Magic Johnson. So, you know, during the night, a lot of talk about AD as potential finals MVP. And, you know, that talk will continue throughout the next couple games. But LeBron James himself, 35 years old, age 17, had himself a remarkable performance to give the Lakers that edge that they needed when the Heat were playing quite well.
0: Yeah. And it, what was crazy is I think if you're the heat, you probably go into it and you're thinking, Hey, if they shoot 27 threes in the first half, we'll take that. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, given the alternative, right. Considering they were so small, it's like, okay, like at least then we got a chance at long rebounds, but they hit, you know, 30 something percent of them in that first half. And it was enough to just keep on loosening them up. And Rondo has like, it's It's just real. It's just real at this point. The three point shooting is just real, right? I Um, mean, like
2: it's, it's real to an extent. Like we've talked about this before. He's shooting 37% on catch and shoot threes ever since he was traded from Boston five years ago. So it's not like he's a knockdown guy, but he hasn't been a total liability over the last half decade. I mean, teams leave him open. He doesn't shoot a lot of shots. But at least he makes those attempts at a respectable enough rate to, you know, where it's not Andre Robertson sub thirty percent. This isn't he's not bricking everything. And he's on a hot streak now, whether that's due to the J Kid aspect that you've hit on a couple of weeks ago, him helping. He does him
0: out. did you notice I told you that Tony Allen told me a couple of weeks ago who who loves Rondo and they're still friends to this yeah. day. He said, he said, you watch him, he doesn't jump. And he said, you know what, the last couple of years of my career, I shouldn't have jumped either. You know, you end up expending so much energy and it's the old Jason kid, you know, just don't expend a lot of energy. You know, you ain't got to jump that high. Right. And you see it. He's barely getting off the deck. When he shoots that thing and by the way, he does make it,
2: there's guys around the league. You know, the one who comes to mind, number one, I don't want to get into a side rant here between us, but Russell Westbrook is one of those guys who jumps so high on his shots. That's right. But he's a historic. He's until recently, the last couple of years, he's been a really good free throw shooter throughout his entire career. And it's not like he has bad touch around the rim. I would love to see somebody like Westbrook. One of many guys, he's the highest profile name that comes to mind. Just not jump as high on your jumper. More can go wrong mechanically when you're jumping so high and sometimes you shoot on the way down or sometimes your legs are, are flailing out. A nice, relaxed shot is oftentimes enough, and Rondo is really doing that well in the bubble, consistent mechanics. And, you know, plus 40% is probably unsustainable, but like, it's not far off from his 37% over
0: the last five years yep I saw it you know and it it is as guys go on right um it's almost like they have to lose that mega athleticism in order to get to that point, but we saw we saw Vince Carter play an extra like six or seven years in the n b a and he was a three point threat you know as a, a as an older guy in the league. He ended up playing you know over twenty seasons in the n b a and there was nobody bouncier than him in the history of the NBA and there he was standing, taking threes, you know? So, I mean, I do think there is, there is something to that. Um, That being said, you know, I feel like Kev, you and I and, and all NBA fans have been insanely blessed with the way this whole bubble thing has gone. Obviously everybody being COVID free, but beyond that, we just, we were constantly talking about amazing basketball games just over and over again, every single round. We were just talking about great competition, even in the series that ended up being dominated series, like the Lakers winning 4-1. It wasn't like we were without drama in the Denver series or the Houston series. We didn't see many, uh, many games that were a lack of competition. And I hate That on the biggest of the stages when, you know, maybe a lot of hardcore fans, you know, people that aren't hardcore fans they will flip on for the finals that we don't get competition for this because while this whole exercise in Orlando has been fantastic and I think the basketball has been amazing, you know, the people Lakers fans are going to be happy no matter what, but I'm talking about for everybody else that is a fan of competition and is a fan of, uh, good basketball. You want both teams to have a chance at winning the thing, and this is increasingly feeling like one of the teams has very little chance of winning the thing.
2: I mean, Mark Spears tweeted tonight how Udonis Haslam lit into the team at one point, and you know I believe the ESPN or ABC broadcast showed Haslam yelling on the sidelines at one point. If Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic were playing, maybe that. Maybe that it would be inspiring to the team. And I'm sure it was inspiring. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how inspired you are when you're missing those two guys and you're going against Anthony Davis and LeBron James and this roster that fits so well together. There's just you can you can be the most inspired anybody's ever been in world history. And it won't <laughs> matter. You're just not talented enough without those guys. And for us as, you know, yeah, obviously you're a Grizzlies fan, but like watching this game, like not rooting for anybody in particular. It's a shame that a casual viewer isn't getting that experience. And, you know, overall, though, like, I still think, you know, a fan can watch this game. I enjoyed watching tonight's game. Yeah, it was fine. We saw saw greatness from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We saw, you know, Rajon Rondo be playoff Rondo. We saw Caruso make winning play after winning play. We saw Dwight Howard in that first quarter bring energy and rebounding, rejuvenated with this Lakers team after for years, you know, he looked like he was on his way out. There are many teams that wouldn't have signed him. And there's still you know fun storylines to watch. But at the end of the day, it's unfortunate that we're not getting classic NBA Finals games. And there's nothing better than that when you have a deep six or seven game series that's competitive wire to wire every single night. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's, it's a can we've been dealt to, to finish this, this incredible bubble run.
0: Let me say this. The final score is 124 to 114, and you saw offensively how fantastic the heat were tonight, but it still not be enough, right? And I've been getting beat up ever since the first half of game one because like, oh, yeah, where's all this heat depth? Well, I hope you saw it tonight. I hope you saw it because right there's not there's very few teams in the league that could even even lose by ten when they lost their two best plus minus guys yeah. on the entire team. I don't care what team you're talking about. Take the two guys that have numerically, uh, analytically, been most important to the team. Like they have lost without Goran Dragic on the court. This is a team that was what ten and three. In the playoffs or something like that? Uh, No, I guess it would be more than that. But they only lost three games in the playoffs. And they wiped out Milwaukee after they had wiped out Indiana. And then they beat Boston in six. Um, So they lost three games total. Yet, they were like plus 76 with Dragic on the court. And they had a negative rating with him off the court. So I mean like they they weren't a winning team without Dragic on um, you know playing for them. And so now they have to you know they're playing it's Kelly Olynyk and it's Kendrick Nunn and whatever and I, you know I feel I feel bad I feel awful for most importantly Miami, right? You fight all year, you play so great, you get everything together, now's your crack at it and you lose your two guys. I also I also do feel bad. The Lakers there's going to be a segment of Lakers fans that don't care, but the sane ones, they all said the same thing when it happened, which is I don't want this. I want to beat them full strength. I want to bury them. You know what I mean? Because it
2: happens though. I mean it happens. It, like Raptors fans don't care last year that Warriors players were out. It, it happens. It's part That's of the true. game. Unfortunately, guys get hurt. It's just, it's just the reality of the sport and you know, if you're if, if there's a Lakers fan out there who feels like they shouldn't be as happy cuz Heat players went out, I mean it, it happens, man. Like
0: it's not, it not as, as happy just the but they would want to see the best competition yeah, too.
2: Yeah, you want to see the best competition, but ultimately when the Lakers come back next season and they're coming off of finals and you're trying to go for two in a row, <laughs> it doesn't matter at that point no. when you're trying to build a, build a, a dynasty here. That's what you're that's what you're thinking if you're a Lakers fan like let's win another one, win another one. That's right. You know? That's what LeBron and AD and all these guys are going to want to come back and try to do. And I and I, I don't think we're, we're jumping ahead here saying that it's a 2-0 lead when two of Miami's best players are out. And if they were to come back, Drogic would be in serious pain with the injury he has. And who knows about Bam's condition exactly and how much he'd be able to handle the load against AD. It's just highly improbable that Miami would be able to fight back in this series.
0: Well, and I thought that was ridiculous, the whole... It was reported that he tore his plantar fascia in, in game one and then immediately right after that. And I don't know if that's just Miami trying to get that word out or whatever. It's like, um, but he has not been ruled out for the series. And I'm like, is he going to get a new foot? Like, that's a serious injury. I mean, I, I you can get shot up. You well, can. But Bobby, Marks,
2: Bobby Marks tweeted about that. He said, Joe Johnson suffered a torn plantar fascia in his it. foot during game two of the 2013 first round versus Chicago. Johnson would go on to receive an injection in his foot before each game. But he would struggle to shoot 26% from three and 42% from the field. Two of 14 from the field in a game seven loss. So Joe Johnson really struggled playing through pain. And I'm sure, you know, if Drogic were to return in game three, he'd be feeling that same type of pain too.
0: Here's what I'd say. The difference is Joe Johnson made over $200 million in his career, right? And I I do not believe was it a contract year when that took place. Drogic just played great this year. He's probably getting one more deal right? He's 34 years old. He's probably getting one more deal and he's a free agent coming up and could be a pretty good deal for him too. Yeah. And maybe he has an awareness of Kevin McHale and other great players that played on broken foots and now they can't walk right for the yeah, rest of their lives. The you moment, know what I'm saying?
2: If, if you're a player, you're a gamer, you're a competitor. You don't that, care. in the moment. I, that's I, why the team team doctors need to protect the players. In well, no. and, like and, this. and that's
0: what I'm saying. Like you may, you may sit there saying in some cases, these kids have been playing since they're five, six years old, say, I play my whole life to get to this moment. I will do anything it takes to get out on that court, right? I mean, once upon a time, when you watch Kevin McHale limp around everywhere, once upon a time, he said, right, I, I this is what I play for to get to this moment. There's nothing that's going to stop me. And he shouldn't have done it, clearly, in retrospect, right? If you know it's going to be forty years of you limping around, you'd rather be able to not limp around. <laughs> but in that moment, as you say, but for Dragage, when you don't have a contract next year, right? God forbid you go out there and screw the thing up worse. Yeah. Or, yep. or and and, and Or ruin. suffer
2: another injury. Yeah, you know, right. as a result of your your leg being weaker, your foot being weaker. I mean, it can happen. Yeah. And and, and for him, it's the type of thing where the the best thing to do is probably the set out, and that's sad. You know, it's sad. We talked about it from a fan perspective. It's sad for these guys that their whole lives they've, you know, fought to play at the highest level and get a chance to compete for championships, and, you know, you get there, and then that happens in game one. It's it's unfortunate. The way it happened, it looks like it was a fluky injury, and, you know, Eric Spolstra said after the game he doesn't care if people say that he can't come back. He doesn't care what people think, but the fact is, man, is – I don't see a path for Miami to win the series or even get back into the series. I went from saying Lakers in six to I would say Lakers in four. I said that after Game One. I just don't see a way for Miami to win unless, like, they shoot like sixty percent from three, like a super hot shooting night. You know what I mean? And like, take a million of them. Happen. Yeah, and like it was- you get. And
0: didn't you think that was going to be what they did tonight? If there was one of these two teams and you told me, hey, they're going to shoot 27 threes in the first half and break a finals record. Yeah. I mean, I would have. There's no amount of money. I wouldn't have bet that that was the heat that yeah, did that. It, it, was Lakers, Lakers. it was the Lakers. the Lakers. With that. the
2: most threes in finals history.
0: And, and I will say this. Uh, we had the discussion on Tuesday and I kept saying, you know, about the who's the Lakers third guy. The truth is the third guy's Rondo. It is. It is. He's the third guy, and it's been he that has. way. <laughs> he has because, become that. I mean, it's 26 It's twenty six minutes. It's 16 points. It's 10 assists. It's four rebounds. He's just only,
2: like only one turnover. I mentioned I mean, earlier Le- LeBron I mean, with he, a historic night with nine assists, zero yes. turnovers. Rondo wasn't far off, 10 assists, one turnover. Again, he made some sensational passes, picking apart that Miami zone and Miami man defense for that matter, too. I I it's unfathomable. I can't get over it.
0: (laughs) It's unfathomable.
2: He let's just be straight up. He stunk the last two years and that's why Lakers fans hated him. Laker film room on Twitter. One of the guys I respect the most in all of NBA media. I think he is one of the best out there breaking down the game in a way that's digestible and he is so smart and Pete's awesome. That's that's Laker film room on Twitter. And he is somebody who has bashed Rondo over and over and over for years. Like, why does Frank Vogel play him? What is the deal here? There's better guys on the bench. What? What's going on? And everybody felt that because it was right to feel that. He struggled. But then for him, that guy, to turn into this, where he is clearly the third most important player on that team, it's truly r- unfathomable. I... I
0: can't listen and this is the look you know i caught the brunt of this the second i picked the heat to win i and and i and i started beating up their supporting roster it, it is really like bizarro world because then i caught the brunt of it which was laker fans trashing me for like it's almost like when you talk about somebody's family it's like we can talk about them but you can't like bro It's not like they've been praising Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma and Dwight Howard. Like They've all been frustrated with all these guys, including the guy who's been the best, Rondo. The only one that I've gathered they've loved unconditionally. Caruso. It's Caruso. Caruso. That's it. And, and, and rightfully them, so. They hated all of and them. At some so. point. At some point, right? They're yeah. trying to shoot Danny, uh, Danny Green to the moon. You know, at one well, point, Danny
2: Green and, one for eight tonight from three. Still can't right? find a shot. It, it looks like he's either not wearing his contacts or he's hurt. Yeah. One of the other or both, possibly.
0: Yeah, Cal- Caldwell Pope. They want to shoot <laughs> him to the moon. It's like all of a sudden. Then the second you say you don't like the supporting <laughs> cast, it's like, oh, oh well, hold on. These guys are awesome. You know what I mean? Like, hold on now. Come on. Like, and look. And somehow it was conveniently missed that at the very beginning of that, I, I, I reiterated to you a thousand times. It might just be that those two guys are just too awesome. I don't know how many times I said that. Like, and I'm sorry. I still don't love the supporting cast. Those guys are that awesome. They are, it doesn't matter. They could have me, you, and Sasha out there with them and we'd have a chance. That's we not would true. have a chance. I don't think that's true. Oh, stop. None of these guys would get $10 million at th- free is, agency. You you know that.
2: People, you and many other people act like LeBron has his 07 calves out there with Booby Gibson and Big Z, you know, near the end of his career. This is not that.
0: Don't slander I mean, Big Z.
2: I love Big Z. I'm just saying, he, near the end, he was not the same guy with all the injuries that piled
0: up. I love
2: Big C. Great player in his prime.
0: Well, that team that team also got so they also didn't have Anthony Davis on the team. Come I, know, on. I know.
2: I'm just all I'm saying though is like the Lakers pieces fit. This is what
0: we talked about. No, on it it is, it 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 is like LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the 07 Cavs. That's what
2: it's like. Yeah, I mean, put Anthony it, Davis on that team, there, Kevin there were, see how but it There looked. was, but there was no Caruso on, on those oh. Cavs teams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Caruso there was no Alex Caruso on
1: those 07 games
2: I knew that was going to get you going oh my god I threw you an (laughs) alley-oop you delivered
0: enough already enough enough that's the point Uh, I knew you were taking it it there no this is what I'm doing but it's not fair to say people compare this to the '07 Cavs roster. Like, okay, let's act like Anthony Davis is on the '07 Cavs roster. That's a radically different roster of which you have much higher opinion of everyone else. That's what I would tell I know.
2: you. All I'm saying is
0: that like, Larry Hughes is all of a sudden Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. Look, you know,
2: th- this is this is not me. You know, patting myself on the back sort of it's going to come off like it is whatever last year before the season started around this time last year i wrote my preseason power rankings i had picked the lakers to win the finals and in the blurb in the article i was like why are people saying their depth is such trash these pieces you know they fit what lebron historically needs around him not to mention it's lebron and ad those two guys are two of the best players in the league
0: i don't i'm not letting you do this
2: no but i i just i just want I'm to just say not. that because you just, think
0: you thought because that was you wrote that under the guys that Rondo sucks, and yeah, he's like the, the, the third and best guy. I was wrong guy. about that. <laughs> I was wrong third, about that. But I'm saying like he's the biggest part of that supporting I'm talking about has. like
2: I'm talking about guys like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee that played a lot this year. I'm talking about KCP Avery Bradley who had some good times with the Lakers. Kuzma who Avery Bradley. a lesser, lesser role has been able to have some of those you know higher scoring games. It was about some of those guys and about the potential of them adding somebody like they did with more. So it's like with the Lakers, it's, I never thought their depth was bad and I don't think it's great by any means, but I think the collective, you can't just look at the individual player names when analyzing a team. It's about the collective and the way guys fit together as pieces. And and I think, I think if you have LeBron
0: and AD, you can have anybody around them.
2: Yeah. I don't think that's totally true though. You can't have anybody guys have to play smart basketball. They got to be reliable. They got to make quick decisions. They got to be able to hit shots at at least an average rate. And these guys check those boxes for the most part, especially on defense because your defense is really only as good as the weakest player that's out there. And oftentimes Vogel is able to put out lineups that don't have a weak link. And that's because of the role players who are able to help elevate LeBron and AD and allow them to shine. So it's not just those two. It's, Everybody else and the way the pieces fit together is a whole big championship
0: puzzle. We got to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about what could happen the rest of the series um, and if we're just going to see two more games. We'll do that after these words.
1: This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m., and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. What are our chances that
0: we even get a game five in this series? If the Heat get Bam out of Bio back, if they get Bam out of Bio back, we could at least give them a very slim chance of winning a game in the series, but we certainly do not think two, right? I mean, I think the Dragic injury is an absolute killer for them, and I thought you and uh, Logan and Raja did a very good job explaining this the other night when you were talking about it's it's not as simple as yes the box score numbers are very good it is the shot creation and how he gets that entire offense in motion now in fairness gets clicking with him Ball their moves. offense Their offense was not the problem tonight, honestly. Like, I mean, they did. I was very impressed, and I think that's a credit to Eric Spolstra because their offense was pretty good. Um, In the
2: second half, though, I do think the Lakers let up a little bit. Of course they did. They they got their 20-point lead, and they kind of let up on defense. Yeah, they did it against Denver. They did it against Houston. First half, Lakers gave great effort, I thought.
0: How many freaking Laker game games YouTube. have we had to record after that? We were like, all right, let's, we can start recording in a minute. And then next thing you know, <laughs> yeah. they're dicking around for 20 <laughs> minutes. Like, I, I'm, I'm really starting to resent this team. <laughs> like, bro, just blow somebody out so I could go to bed. <laughs> can you just put your foot on somebody's neck and bury them? Yeah.
2: Verdansk right? is calling me. I'm ready to play Warzone. Oh, is that right? Well, I, I tell is you the, this. It's a fictional place where you play in the game.
0: They are they are up big in these games. <laughs> they did it against Houston, they did it against Denver, and then they did it against Miami tonight. Where you like look up and you're like, "Why is this score? Why is this a 10-point game?" <laughs> you know what I mean? like, "Like when, what is what you is Bill leads you're
2: able to do that?
0: What is going on here?" If they get Bam out of bio back and like you said, they played you could see them playing one great game. I mean, look, game 1 was a Horrendous representative of what Miami was. I mean, even even with the injuries, you know, the Lakers has absolutely mauled them, and I think anybody that fairly and objectively watched the heat, play against Milwaukee, play against Boston, watch that Miami team, and yes, some of it, a lot of it is because the Lakers played so well also, but they all it was the combination of the Lakers playing extremely well and the heat playing horribly in that game i mean they were miserable and the first thing that eric spolster said after the game was we are so much better than that i believe that was his first quote to the media we are so much better than that and they are they are better than what they showed in game one you watch tonight and it's hard it's You know, I'd like to say, hey, they could be way better defensively. And obviously, if they get Bam back, they could be better, certainly defensively. I don't know how much better offensively they can be than they were tonight, given their construct. And so that's why I say they get Bam back, they could win a game, you know?
2: Yeah, they could win a game. I mean, like I said, you got to have a really
0: hot shooting night, and even this though you sucks. look the, this, you, sucks. You, you, it really does. It sucks because it, this could be fun. Yeah, you I thought know. it was going. You picked the Lakers. You thought it was going six. I, I picked six.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So
0: I, I think everybody thought that this is not going to be a wipeout series, and now we're trying to figure I mean, look, out if the Heat could people,
2: even. A lot of people pick the Heat. A lot of people. Oh you yeah. Know, Yeah, you, Bill, I mean, a lot of people at ESPN, a ton of people. So, like, that, I'm not saying that anybody was wrong. I'm saying, like, it just speaks to how people broke down this series and how much of a competitor Miami was when this team was healthy. And it's just unfortunate we're not getting that. It really does suck for for a casual fan, for obviously Lakers fans. Who cares? You're raising Banner 17.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) You know,
2: it's, it's special, and it's the first, I would say, of multiple for LeBron and Anthony Davis in their time together with the Lakers. And, you know, it could be the start of a special run. Who cares if you're a Lakers fan? But for everybody else, eh, it's too bad Miami is not healthy.
0: Yeah. And so I guess that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for maybe an extra game.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean. A, a gentleman's sweep. Lakers went five in the first, second, and third round. Yeah. Who says they won't go five again? Oh, they very they, they very <laughs> they have well good manners. They have good manners with the gentleman's sweep. They're not trying to embarrass anybody. <laughs>
0: They're not trying to embarrass anybody. Uh, <laughs> all right. There was big coaching news and we've got to talk about uh doc rivers who we had talked about on tuesday losing his job with the clippers and by the time we record this on friday night he's already got a job and we'll talk about the other and we'll talk about the other rumors uh that are out there right now we'll do that right after these words this episode is brought to you by visible wireless want a wireless provider that always brings its a-game switch to visible
2: the wireless company that makes wireless visible Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.
0: All right, Kevin. Doc Rivers, as I mentioned, on Tuesday, we discussed his leaving fired parting of ways, whatever you want to call it, with the Los Angeles Clippers. We now are recording on Friday night, and we know that Doc Rivers is going to be the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. So that took three days um, for him to find a job. And I thought it was interesting. I heard, I think it was Bill's podcast with Jackie McMullen earlier in the week, and they were talking about, and and I had not thought about this, but he mentioned that people had reached out to him and that a few different people had mentioned Doc has to be in our league, that he is such an important voice right now as like an elder statesman, as an African-American coach, that he's a very important figure in the league. And I think that's why you saw immediately, uh, I mean, I don't know if Doc was going to have his pick of every job, but it was probably going to be a long shot for him to not get a job. now he takes on what is a real challenge because Doc Rivers is challenged with getting that thing to work in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I do think it's worth noting, and I heard Adrian Wojnowski, uh talking about this on Support Center. Tobias Harris did experience the best basketball of his career while he was playing for Doc Rivers in L.A. So if that is one, uh, they spent a fortune on the guy and he I mean, he's averaging over 20 points a game, I think 50% from the field. I mean, his L.A. numbers were great under Doc um, Tobias Harris. And so he certainly knows how to get the most out of him, which is great considering how much they spent on that guy and getting the most out of him would be helpful. Um, But you got the whole Simmons Embiid thing, too. Uh, What do you think? What do you think about Doc in that situation? So, number one, I mean, yeah, Doc is an important figure,
2: and I'm happy to see him get another opportunity. He is a good coach. You know, we talk about some of the negatives recently with the blown 3-1 leads. He's also coached teams that have never been swept, and, you know, a lot of those teams are favorites, but not just, you know. It's also some of the early Orlando teams and, you know, some of the Boston teams that were older. Um and the Clippers teams for that matter. So Doc is a a good coach who's just had some really tough series, especially recently with the Clippers. And, you know, for the Sixers, I think Doc is – it's going to be interesting to see what he does because you mentioned Tobias Harris. He had the best basketball of his career, yes, playing for Doc, but also playing the most four of his entire career. He's back to playing a lot of three – with the Sixers because of the size of that roster. So he's not going against maybe as many slow-footed defenders. He might be defending, in fact, uh, a quicker guy that would typically be used on a go-to score from the perimeter because he sort of has been that for the Sixers in some ways because Ben is a little bit of a different type of player in the half court and, and Abid's obviously an interior guy. So with Doc, the same questions that were there with Brett Brown are going to be there with Doc Rivers. How do you make the, the offense click and how can you make this defense better as well. I mean, they should have been better this season. And to me, like it is with Philly, it is not as much about the coach as it is is about the personnel and the and the decisions Elton Brand makes with this roster. Whether it's a big trade, you know, I've 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 hit on the Chris Paul idea for the Sixers and the Bucks. I'm not sure how a Chris Paul Doc Rivers, you know, reunion would go, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued still well, of, of, of a guy like him. But it, to me, it's about personnel more than the current roster because I don't think this is the roster we're going we're gonna to see on opening day in 2021 for the Sixers. So I have a hard time assessing what will Doc do without knowing what will Elton
0: Brand do. I agree with you. And I think that he, the benefit of Doc and a veteran coach going into that situation, especially that's coached for so many different teams, is twofold. Number one. He has dealt with all manner of personalities in his time as a coach. He dealt with them, very strong personalities in Boston. You know, when you've got a locker room that has Rajon Rondo and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, and then you've got a locker room that's got Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and also Eric Bledsoe and Matt Barnes and, and that. And then you fast forward to this where he's got two new superstars and trying to get out that to all work. Um, you take last year's, which was kind of a grinded out team with Danilo Gallinari and Gildas Alexander, that group. And so he's worked with all manner uh, from, from the grinder type players to the superstar type players. And, and it is the thing. You're not going to find anybody that goes out and speaks poorly or badly of Doc Rivers, right? And managing man. personalities Getting guys to play together and play hard. Yes, I understand the failings that have gotten in the playoffs, and we covered this on Tuesday, but he is, I think, I think there's a real benefit to that, that he's dealt with all manner of personalities because that's not the perfect fit basketball or personality wise. I think we understand that now, right? Um, secondly, the amount of institutional knowledge he has about team building and what they will need, right? Like, I do think that that was the demerit of Brett Brown having to be there the entire time and kind of overseeing the process and taking all those losses. And he was, that's his first go round. That's the only place he's been a head coach. Whereas when Doc Rivers comes in, he walks into that meeting he is paid attention to. I'm not saying he should have personnel decisions, but I'm also saying, despite what you think about him as a personnel guy, it's not gonna be any worse than friggin' Elton Brand. Elton Brand's made horrendous decisions. And Doc may actually figure out how to how to make that thing work basketball-wise, too. And,
2: and by the way, like it's not just Elton Brand. Then from my understanding, like the Sixers front office is very collaborative with a lot of voices that have a say in decisions. Including and, their and, owner, probably. Yeah, I'm sure, to an extent for sure. And you know, the last week or so, my understanding is, you know, Sixers ownership was super into mike d'antoni the front office was a little bit like let's take our time here you know look at Lu and see what becomes available and then doc obviously boom there he is and rightfully you know from in my from my perspective here because of that wealth of experience with you know superstars that maybe didn't fit perfectly how do you maximize that he did that with the celtics big three with kg paul Pierce, and ray allen the question entering that run in oh seven when they traded for those guys was how will they fit together doc you know from personality management and in terms of coaching and play calling helped design an offense that did allow those guys to fit he did it with the clippers with blake Griffin and deandre jordan and chris paul they obviously failed to reach what they should have in the postseason but they made it work at a successful level with two bigs and with a point guard that handles the ball a lot. And then he did it you know, with the young Clippers team. He did it with this year's Clippers team to an extent. And I think that's why if you're a Sixers fan, you're like, this is nice, but it's never been enough except for that one year with the Celtics. And, and that's where you know, it's not a signing that like, I'd be like doing jumping jacks over. You know, you didn't just hire Greg Popovich away from the Spurs. You, you didn't bring Red Auerbach back from the dead. You didn't do that. You got a really good coach. I'm not sure he's a great coach. And and it's a nice hire, and I think he's the right man for the job, and he is absolutely one of the 30 best coaches in the world and deserves a chance. But he hasn't been able to take some of these tough fits to the next level. And, again, that's why, to me, it gets back to personnel because with those Celtics teams, it worked because Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Kevin Garnett made it work. Those guys sacrificed – from the jump, and Doc deserves some credit for that too. But you gotta have the right players around each other to win a championship, and that's not in Doc Rivers's control. With the Sixers, I'm sure he'll have you know some power in what he says. But it's ultimately like the Sixers, if they win a championship this decade, it's gonna be because of the personnel decisions that they are made to maximize what they have or what they could have by flipping one of those two stars in the future. And it's not going to be as much about whether it was, you know, Brett Brown, Doc Rivers, or Mike D'Antoni. Those guys can elevate as coaches, and we'll see what happens there. But it's about the roster number one.
0: It's also going to be fascinating to see because, you know, instead of hiring somebody without experience, like he is, it is the, again, we've we've covered – the, the failings and, and blowing the leads. He's also been in the position to have those leads too, right? You know right, what I'm saying? Yep. Like there's something to be said of that rather than just Tom getting Haberstra wiped out. Tom wrote about that on NBC Sports. Yes. Really nice article about that. There's a bunch of, there's also, there is a, you, know, you gotta be good enough to be able to be in that position to get those leads. A lot of good coaches in the East. I mean, you're going Budenholzer, Spolstra, Brad Stevens. Let's say the Knicks get it going. I I'm a Thibodeau fan. We'll see what Steve Nash does with Brooklyn. Um, up and down the line. They're talking about Dave Yeager in Indiana. I mean, there's you're gonna be you're gonna be up against a good coach no matter what when it comes playoff time because the the East has become pretty strong in terms of tacticians. Um And, and, and coaches that everybody has great respect for. Um, and so you're up against that. And it's like, I don't know if you walk in there with doc rivers, maybe you don't necessarily feel you've got an advantage on the sideline, but you also don't feel like you got a big disadvantage either. You know what I'm saying? That's why I said with the Clippers, they got a, they got a greater chance of doing worse than they have of doing better, but they can do better. They can. You know what I mean? They can do better. Sure. But there's 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 more there's there's more chances of doing worse than Doc Rivers than there are of doing better than Doc Rivers. And that leads us to that. Have you heard anything on their job and what's gonna happen? And are they going to shock us somehow? So
2: so from my understanding, this is what I heard from one source who told me like this source even said to me, like, it's so early, we don't know entirely, but you know, from a couple conversations I had after that, um, it sounds like the Clippers are going to take their time here and they are going to at least try to swing big. And people ex- around the league think they're going to try to go after Coach K. Would they get him? What? Probably not. I mean, I don't expect Coach K to be leaving Duke, but, like, they are thinking big is the point. So, like, if you hear me say that, don't think, going after Coach K, hear that and think, they're thinking big with what they want to do. Uh, you get what I'm what? saying? Like, yeah, like it, I, I, th- th- I think I think I want to stress that if anybody hears that, if people around the league might be hearing about coach K to the Clippers, it shouldn't be like that means like he's going to go there or anything like chill out. It's just about their mindset is they want to hit a grand slam. Will they? I don't know. Who knows? But at least you hope to hit a grand slam. But then again, Chris, who doesn't hope to hit a grand slam hey, with the coach they hire?
0: There <laughs> is I'll tell you this: there is no salary cap when it comes no to coaches. Cap. So mm-hmm. Steve Ballmer is the kind of dude that you could see like saying, "I don't care, <laughs> whatever the number is, yeah. I'll pay you fifteen million dollars a <laughs> year. <laughs> Be the head coach of my team." You know what I'm saying? And then at some yeah, point, yeah. you know, if you really like, if you decide like that's my guy, you make somebody turn down ten million dollars a yeah. year, exactly. right? He's saying, exactly. "I'm going to pay you like your freaking Nick Saban." Yeah. <laughs> no
2: it's dude you're right and and that's why like i say that like who doesn't hope to hit a grand slam but not many teams have the bases loaded the clippers have two all-stars on their team a championship caliber team in los angeles you know trying to take well, down the hey, lakers hey, after hey. they win a championship there's a lot of reasons to want to go play
0: or coach for the clippers right and now you follow me here if they were hiring Ty Lue, they'd have hired Ty Lue, right i think so I yeah. think they
2: would have done that by now.
0: I mean, if they were I hiring. Think they, I think they would have. Why would why would they not? You know what I'm saying? Like it took Doc Rivers three friggin' days. Yeah. To get a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? You would scoop him yeah. up and you would say, All right. Yep. We're gonna like it exactly. feels like they're doing Tyloo a solid. That's why. that's how I perceive it. Yeah. Like they're doing him a solid. Like, you know, keep his name out there and it's like, hey man, we're gonna make sure you land you on your feet wanna, too. You-
2: You want to do your due diligence still. You still want to see if there's that grand slam available, even if it's not, in all likelihood, it's not. But you got to try for that type of stuff. You got to look around and see coaches who might have only a year or two left in their contract, like a Quinn Snyder with the Jazz. He signed a contract until 2021. Like coaches in that realm, like maybe you go for, you know. Go for one of those guys. Maybe a team's willing to trade that coach for a second round pick or a first. Not that the Clippers have first rounders to trade, but <laughs> <maybe> <laughs> for you know, for a we'll second give you or, a second round or, or a young player, it's all we got for, for Landry Shannon, maybe. No, we'll, but you know, we'll
0: give you Paul George. <laughs> we'll give you Paul George for your coach. <laughs> <laughs> Nick nurse for Paul George who says no <laughs> Who says no Nick nurse for Paul George Right you could reunite nurse with you could reunite nurse so with Kawhi <laughs> Who says no good. Who says no Kev Nick nurse for Paul George Oh my goodness <laughs>
2: Before I offer that, I'm trying to offer Coach K 25 million. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, all
0: right, we well, can try that. Um, and then we mentioned the Jaeger one. That's the hot name yeah. that's come around with Indiana. Obviously, I I've known Dave Jaeger since he was in his early 20s. Um, Dave is a fantastic basketball coach that has gotten into it with two different front offices, and you, you can blame the front offices or you can blame Dave. But I mean, they've had a pretty solid front office with Kevin Pritchard there in Indiana. And so that's that's the kick, right? That's how that ends. It's not he it doesn't end. It hasn't ended either place because of he wasn't a good coach. It ended both places because there was a clash with the front office and it ends up becoming a pissing match, right? Like, hey, you should be playing Marvin Bagley. No, I'm going to play Bielita because I'm trying to win games, and I don't care about the future as much as you do because I'm trying to win as many games. And it's like, like it, 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 uh, it just ends badly, right? Where the front office ends up hating him, and he ends up hating the front office, and then it's like, what, what, what happened here? You're both good at your jobs, and yet, obviously, in Sacramento, that wasn't the case. They, they weren't both good at their jobs. Um, the front office was imbeciles, and so. I think that's why people still have Dave Yeager high on list. I mean, they know every coach that coaches against Dave Yeager thinks Dave Yeager's a good coach. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which direction the Clippers go. But, you know, yep. unless it's Ty Lu or some surprise candidate that just pops out of nowhere like a guy they have targeted, you know, whether it's a high level assistant on some teams or, you yep. know, someone from college, uh, I would expect the Clippers to do their due diligence.
0: Okay. Last one. Pelicans. What do you think? We talked about Ty Lu, We talked about D'Antoni's name, you know, came up yeah, at some
2: point. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. During the during the playoffs, I had heard from multiple sources that the Pelicans had their preference, a coach who is still currently in the bubble. Mm. And people expected that was either Ty Lu or Mike D'Antoni, who obviously hope both have been connected. But I'm just saying that to give some context to, that was out there when those teams Houston and the Lakers were both still in the postseason that that was floating around both uh, in front offices at Disney. That's where it seems to originate. It's
0: interesting from. because they're both they're both uh, they're both guys that are going to command a ton of money to get them to be your coach and small markets usually do not shell out a ton of money for their head coach. You know what I mean? It's hard to convince owners in small markets that it is worth it to spend a fortune on a head coach. They usually don't. That is commonplace. I guess Oklahoma City spent money on Billy Donovan. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you're talking about quits. I mean, that's usually the rub with the small markets, right, for coaches, is that they usually want to go to a bigger market because bigger markets do pay more. They do. For sure. Mm -hmm. You know, so we'll see. No
2: salary cap, like you said
0: yeah no and that and, and when you got balmer and no salary cap who knows
2: what he could do man to that would lure be really somebody.
0: that would be really funny if we find out like he offered some coach 10 years a 100 million dollars oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he is the kind of dude that like you know
2: i mean look the fact is is it was a balmer driven decision yeah to move on from doc rivers uh i I believe the Clippers even released a statement that they came to an agreement, right? It wasn't technically fired. They came in agreement to part ways, right? which is the nice way of saying you were fired. But, you know, fact is, I believe it was a Jerry West-driven decision here, not as much the front office, who, in fact, did support Doc and, you know, Lawrence Frank and Doc Rivers, you know, coached together in Boston. They've been together for a lot of years. Um, They they still wanted to keep it going, to my understanding. But ultimately, that's what comes back to it with the Clippers. Ballmer wants to do better than an already really, really good coach in Doc Rivers, what does that mean? I would imagine they're going to try to swing big just based off the conversations I've been having with other front offices around the league.
0: Well, Kevin, even if this NBA Finals ends up being a total wipeout, hopefully we get a bunch of coaching news still, and then (laughs) we'll be able to turn our attention rather quickly to the NBA draft and free Mm -hmm. agency. So uh, It's going to be here before we know it. Before we know it, uh, I will talk to you on Tuesday. Thanks to uh, producer Sasha, as always, and Kev, I'll talk to you then. Everybody have a beautiful weekend.